Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Ladies and gentlemen, it is showtime. Please welcome the team of the Fulhamish Podcast. Hello and welcome to Fulhamish Extra. My name is Sammy James. We are your independent voice of Fulham FC. And thank you for downloading the show today as we look ahead to Saturday's trip to Hillsborough as Fulham face Sheffield Wednesday at Hillsborough. Loads coming up in today's show. Dom caught up with another Dom, Dom Housen, uh, to get a, a lowdown on all things Sheffield Wednesday. And also Dom Guy and Charlie Hawkins caught up with ex-Fulham goalkeeper Mark Crosley. So we've got a little bit of an interview with him later on in the show. So uh, before we get on with uh, looking ahead to Saturday's match, just to say that this season uh, Fulhamish has partnered with Football Index and we have an exclusive deal for you this season. You can try out Football Index with one £1,000 risk-free for seven days. If you lose any money, you can contact their customer services and they will refund any losses. To take advantage of the offer, go to fullamish.co.uk forward slash index, download the app using the link on that page and use the referral code Fulhamish once you've downloaded the app. This offer is only valid for UK and Ireland users. You must be over 18 and please gamble responsibly. So before we cross over to Dom and Dom, let's have a little bit of a look at Sheffield Wednesday. Tough game up at Hills on Saturday as we look to get back to winning ways uh, they've had a very indifferent start to the season uh, picked up an all important 2-0 win against Huddersfield in Gary Monk's first game in charge it's been a turbulent few months there since Steve Bruce left in the summer quite late in the summer been an up and down few seasons really for Sheffield Wednesday flirted with the playoffs a couple of seasons in a row then you know really just struggled to get a foothold in the league and really mid-table media mediocrity is all they've had for the past couple of seasons optimism is quite high I think amongst Owls fans uh, for this campaign but losses like losing 2-1 at home to, to QPR and they lost away to Preston so they're on a bit of a streak at the moment of kind of loss win loss win loss win um, but certainly now they've got Gary Monk in charge his first game at Hillsborough as well on Saturday certainly changes things uh, a little bit Stephen Fletcher has been their main man still at 32 years of age banging in the goals four already this season uh, and Kadeem Harris uh, on the wings always can chip up with a couple of goals as well so going to be a tricky one uh, there's going to be uh, around a thousand Fulham fans heading up to Hillsborough on Saturday uh, I remember going up there a couple of years ago. Great away day. Sadly, I can't make it this year. Always quite a spenny one, though. Um, tickets nearly going for like 40 quid, which that coupled with a, an expensive train fare up there as well. It's also the other side of the city. It's not the easiest away game to get to but once you are there it obviously is uh, a classic iconic stadium so I hope you have a good day to all of those that are traveling up on Saturday right enough babbling on from me let's get a view from the opposition Dom caught up with Sheffield Wednesday fan Dom Housen and he started off by asking him how Sheffield Wednesday's season has been going so far Uh, yeah it's been a bit of a mixed bag and I think that's 
sort of be expected, really, when they had a caretaker in charge in Lee Bowen for the first six matches, and they won three, lost three. Started off the season very well, back-to-back wins over Reading and Barnsley, putting some strong performances, and then performances levels dipped a little bit, and there was a disappointing display at home to QPR before the first international break. And uh, the club hierarchy then acted and decided that they needed to bring in a permanent manager, and Gary Monk has come in in the last couple of weeks and already made an instant impact uh, in his first match with a you know, solid professional away win at uh, Huddersfield. Um, so, yeah, at the moment, uh, things seem to be going in the right direction. If I'm looking at Sheffield Wednesday's results this season, it doesn't look like they've been you know, outclassed in any of the games. It, have it, has it been quite tight in all the games? Obviously, they didn't get the results in, such as the Millwall game, the Preston and the Cummings um, Park Rangers game. Yeah, um, sort of missed opportunities really in the away matches particularly. Millwall, they played over half the match against 10 men but didn't have the the guile and the quality to break Millwall down. Uh, So they really should have taken something from that one uh, but it wasn't to be. And Preston, they they didn't really turn up uh, until the last 20 minutes uh, and paid the price for... Uh, two mistakes on the day from defender Moses Odebajo uh, giving away a penalty. Uh, 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 well, giving away two penalties, in fact. So, yeah, uh, d- defensively, at times, they've been a little bit shaky at the back uh, and there's been a little bit of uncertainty there. And it hasn't helped in the last couple of matches that their captain, Tom Lees, has been unavailable through injury. Uh, but they made some good signings in the summer who, and a couple of the players and Julian Borner who's come in from German football he's done really well at centre-half and Kadeem Harris has been excellent scored a couple of goals uh, and, and made a few assists uh, out wide and he, you know, he potentially right now he's looking like one of the bargains of the season on a free transfer from Cardiff uh, and yeah, he, he certainly is turning into a very key performer for Wednesday. Obviously, it was Gary Monk's first game with that tuna win away to Huddersfield. L- looking at the game, what would you, what are you assuming that Sheffield Wednesday's style is going to be under Gary Monk? It's still, I think, a little too early to say uh, in terms of exactly what the sort of Gary Monk blueprint is going to be. But going off um, where you know, his previous clubs that he's managed, uh, you know, he likes his teams to be aggressive and be in the opposition's uh, faces. Uh, so I expect them at times to press high and hunt in packs uh, and really sort of uh, force the opposition into mistakes. But yeah, yeah, he's already sort of mentioned it in the, the sort of you know, couple of interviews that he's already given as Gary Monk that he, he wants his team to be adaptable and that they will mix up their formation from time to time to try and keep uh, opponents off balance Uh, and so he'll vary that I think from game to game particularly away from home Uh, and we've seen at clubs that he's managed in the past Leeds, Middlesbrough, Swansea and Birmingham that uh, 4-4-2 he does seem to favour and that's what he went with at Huddersfield but uh, at Leeds, you know, he, he quite often played 4-2-3-1 with Chris Wood up front uh, on his own and the likes of, sort of Pablo Hernandez. 
uh, supporting him from this field. Uh, so, yeah, I, I can see uh, them varying the tactics uh, quite often uh, with, with you know, Gary Monk. But it's difficult, really, for him in the sense that he's not had a whole pre-season to work with this squad uh, and he can't bring any new players in until January. So, uh, it really, it, it all comes down to the coaching on the training ground to try and put his ideas across and so I suppose in the last couple of weeks they will have benefited uh, from the international break where he's had a bit of time to work with the players who weren't away on international duty and then a blank week between the Huddersfield and the Fulham fixture coming up. Well, so we look at the way that Sheffield Wednesday finished the season last season very strongly under Steve Bruce. What was the reaction, obviously, of the fan base when he moved uh, up to Newcastle? Uh, well, you know, there was obviously a lot of disappointment. I, I think it was the timing more than anything else. With less than three weeks to go until the start of the season, uh, they'd already gone to Portugal for their first uh, training camp. And uh, the day that it was confirmed that Steve Bruce was going to Newcastle, you know, <laughs> a day later, they were then going off to Germany for their second pre-season training camp. So... Uh, caretaker boss Lee Bourne had to sort of pick up the pieces uh, and to be fair you know I think he, he did a very admirable, admirable job in difficult circumstances but yeah with the way Wednesday would ended last season and performed under Steve Bruce it was three defeats in the, his 18 league matches uh, I, I think there was genuine optimism going into this season that if Steve Bruce was at the helm that uh, Wednesday would be there or thereabouts and would certainly be challenging for the top six. So, yeah, it certainly disrupted uh, their plans and is something that uh, you know, Sheffield Wednesday hadn't banked on uh, with Steve Bruce going to Newcastle. And obviously now with Gary Monk coming in, do you, were you surprised how long it did take for Wednesday to get a permanent manager in, uh, sending us you know, over a month into the season? I think it was a case of they really wanted to give it a, a chance to Lee Bowen uh, to prove his credentials. It's, it was the third time that he'd stepped in as caretaker uh, since December 2017. And Lee Bourne made it very clear uh, from the outset, as soon as he took over from Steve Bruce this time, that he put his hat in the ring and he really felt that uh, you know, this was his chance to become a number one. And in, initially, he, uh, he bought the chairman and the club's hierarchy time by winning the opening two matches uh, and so he really did put himself in the frame uh, and perhaps if they'd beaten QPR before the international break that would have given them four wins out of six that would have put them fourth in the championship going into that first international break that would have really I think strengthened Lee Bourne's case now obviously Gary Monk has been available uh, throughout the time that Steve Bruce had left the football club and Lee Bourne coming in as caretaker um, Dave Ponchanceri, the club's owner, uh, has made it clear uh, only a few weeks ago that you know, he spoke to a number of candidates uh, between July and then the period when they actually appointed Gary Monk. And I've no doubt that they probably had a conversation with Gary Monk in that period. Uh, but yeah, I think it, it certainly was a case of uh, they wanted to give Lee Bowen every chance to... Uh, put himself in contention for the job and, and so that, that was the way that it worked out but uh, in the end they felt over the international break that that was the perfect time to uh, yeah, bring, yeah, bring in 
somebody new with new ideas and Gary Monk uh, has obviously been available now for a couple of months since he left uh, Birmingham so he arrived and came in and uh, at the moment yeah things have started off very well for him. With Gary Monk now obviously at the helm what are the expectations among Wednesday fans for this season? Is it to aim for the playoffs? I think at the beginning of the season as I said before if Steve Bruce was at the helm I think that the expectation levels were high when Steve Bruce was at the football club and I think fans would have expected particularly on the back of how they performed in the second half of last season to be in and around that top six uh, I, I think with Gary Monk coming in you know there's an expectation from Dave Ponchan theory that you know he, he's uh, gone on record as to say that every season that he targets the top two. And I think automatic promotion is a big, big ask with the group of players that Sheffield Wednesday have. Uh, they would have to go on one heck of a run. Uh, but I think they are a few players short, uh, certainly of the top two, uh, and, and maybe even playoffs. Uh, I think it's a case of, for the fans, they just want to see the team yeah, being <laughs> winning as many games as they possibly can. And you never know if they are in and around that top six come January. Uh, the chairman at Sheffield Wednesday has proven time and time again that he backs his managers uh, in the transfer market. So I have no doubt that if Wednesday uh, you know, are in and around that playoff position, that uh, you know he will financially support Gary Monk. Uh, and if, if it was to bring in and make three or four very good additions in January, uh, then I, I definitely think they could be uh, yeah, kid potential candidates for the top six. But I think from the fans' point of view, they just want to see progression. And they finished 12th last season. So I think uh, at the very least, they would like to see the team again finish in that top half of the table. If we go look ahead to the game on Saturday, obviously at Hillsborough, you know, Fulham have had a... A good start to the season. I think most fans would be happy with it so far. Obviously, both games we actually have lost this season against Forest and Barnsley. We've gone down one goal. Do you think that did Gary Monk will look at that and try and uh, attack Fulham early on and get uh, get an early goal? Possibly. Uh, he may take the old... Uh, you know, Gary Monk's sort of... Um, re- what uh, philosophy, I would say, is very much that he prefers to focus on his team uh, more than... Uh, you know the opposition strength. You know he wants to uh, get the best out of the squad and players that he's got at his disposal. Uh, so you know he'd be very aware of forms, threats, and where they can hurt Wednesday. But I think he's more bothered about what Wednesday can do uh, to get at teams, and I think he wants them to try and play on the front foot on Saturday, whether it pans out like that. Who knows? But you know, he, you know, they'd be very wary um, of yeah of the quality that Fulham have got going forward, and, and you know they're from three of Nokar, Mitrovic, and uh, Cavaliero are going to be a handful for the majority of teams in the Championship. So I don't expect them to sit back, but yeah, certainly tactically, it's going to be fascinating to see how Wednesday set up to try and combat. The, you know, the obvious attacking threats and quality that Fulham have got. Who do you think are players in the Shed Wednesday side that Fulham fans should be looking most at for who can cause us the most damage on Saturday? Uh, 
Adam Reach, uh, it's not happened for him yet this season, but uh, you know, last year you know, he scored nine goals from midfield and seven assists. You know, he's a very important player in this team. Uh, but I would say right now in current form, it's very hard to look past Stephen Fletcher. He's been in uh, excellent form, scoring four goals and seven championship starts. His yeah, up from he's such a huge presence, um, you know, physically in the air, the way he holds the ball up and brings others into play. Yeah, Stephen Fletcher is arguably in the best form of his Wednesday career, and he's fighting for a new contract that's up next summer. And right now, he's doing everything that he possibly can. Uh, to to earn a new deal, and he's made it clear that he wants to stay at Sheffield Wednesday for the, the remainder of his career. Uh, and it, we, we're not quite sure on where he stands in terms of uh, is he going to retire um, from international duty. He has said that you know he's been considering his future on that front, and so if if he doesn't uh, get called up in the future for Scotland again, that will only benefit Sheffield Wednesday. As right now, you know they are reaping the the benefits of Stephen Fletcher, fully fit and firing Stephen Fletcher. And if he gets good service, he's he's proved over the years at this level uh, you know, that he is a real danger man. And if we turn it on the flip side, where in Sheffield Wednesday's team do you believe Fulham can punish? And if we were to get the victory, what are the areas we need to be looking to punish Wednesday? I, I think that most teams, when they are looking at Sheffield Wednesday, will be looking to attack out wide those full-back positions. Moses Odebajo has had a disappointing start to his Wednesday career, um, made a few mistakes. Uh, defensively, he uh, can get sort of caught napping and switching off at times right back. So, uh, if it, you know, he came back into the team against Huddersfield and performed better, uh, but I'm sure that might be an area that Fulham are looking to target. Uh, and the same on the opposite flank, Liam Palmer finished last season really well, uh, but he's had his injury problems this season and being in and out of the side, so he's not at his best yet. So the fullback areas are certainly an area of concern, I would say, right now for Sheffield Wednesday. And to finish, if I can push you for a prediction for Saturday's game. I think it's going to be a score draw. I think it, it could be quite an entertaining one. I'm sure Gary Monk will get a really good reception before kick-off from the Wednesday fans. Uh, and you know, I really fancy for them to finish in the top six this season. I'd be really surprised if they didn't. So it's going to be a big test for Wednesday, who haven't really played any of the top teams yet uh, in the ch- in the championship. So this is going to be their sternest test of the season. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that uh, Wednesday will uh, I think continue their good start under Gary Monk by getting a score draw, I think. Well, thanks, Dom. Thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, cheers. Thank you, Tom. Well, thank you to Dom and Dom uh, for giving us that lowdown there on Sheffield Wednesday uh, ahead of Saturday's game. Certainly going to be a, a difficult one if we can manage to get all three points. Then it really could be a really, really vital one for us and hopefully 
a kickstart in form after a few games without a win for us. Just to say uh, that the Fulhamish 200 event is on sale now. If you want to come watch us do a live podcast from the Old Suffolk Punch straight after the Charlton game on October the 5th, get your tickets now. They're only priced at £3.75. Gentleman Jim's going to be joining us and we've got another special Fulham guest lined up and of course all the Fulhamish boys going to be there as well. Get your tickets, go to fulhamish.co.uk, follow the link there to the Fulhamish 200 event. They're selling fast, Uh, there's not too many left on sale now so get them quick, it'd be great to see you down there uh, and share a few drinks with you and record of course our 200th podcast episode. Where has the time gone indeed? Okay, right, let's go back to the Love Sport Radio fan show. Uh, They caught up with ex-Fulham goalkeeper Mark Crosley. So here's Charlie introducing the main man. Mark, thank you so much for joining us tonight and giving us a little bit of uh, your time. A real pleasure to have you on. Obviously, so many questions to be asked, Mark, but we have to start at the top. A disappointing draw for Fulham on the weekend. A goalkeeping error. They happen, you know. We can't put that whole draw down to Bettinelli. But what did you make of it, Mark? Hi, chaps. Um, I thought it was a good performance. I thought uh, the opposite goalkeeper, Sam Johnson, was outstanding. Otherwise, it would have been three points anyway. Uh, but the goal, yeah, he has to do better, and he'll know that. Um, I have seen the replay of it a few times, and the guy who's actually standing on him does enough to put him off slightly. And but yeah, I think uh, Young Bettinelli, he will be disappointed with with the way that he conceded the goal. With Marcus Bettinelli, obviously, loads. He's he's never actually started a season for us, really. I think it's the first time he's actually started as our number one goalkeeper and a lot of people are you know, calling oh should Marcus Rodak come in but I think what a lot of the problem is is every time Fulham start a season with a goalkeeper they make one mistake and then the fans want a new goalkeeper and is, do you think that is actually a problem and then when it comes to a goalkeeper you actually need to stick to your number one so they can gain you know, some form of momentum like when, while playing like 15-20 games in goal Yeah I, I think he's an excellent young goalkeeper um, I w- he was a young lad coming through when I was actually there and his dad was uh, w- was coaching um, he made giant, giant strides quickly and the season uh, Fulham were promoted I thought he was exceptional I thought he had a great season when he came into the team I thought he was a bit unfortunate uh, not to be given more chance in the Premier League and I do like him and he has got a massive future uh, but as we said goalkeepers that make mistakes he's still young uh, but I do I do really like him and I think he's an excellent goalkeeper in the making I wouldn't change him yeah well a, a lot of people are calling for Rodak because he had a good season in the championship um, at, at Rotherham last year um, mm-hmm. but Bettinelli is also coming back from a long injury and I don't know if it's any different for a goalkeeper coming back from an injury than it is an outfield player can you Enlighten us on yeah, that. I think it, it takes time to build up his confidence again, and he had a, he did suffer a bad, bad injury. I was actually at the game actually uh, when he did it, and it was nasty. Um, and bearing in mind, Rotherham got relegated last year, so you know it, it, it's easy for a goalkeeper to make a mistake, and then supporters just to start calling for a change. Uh, the right thing to do, and the manager will know this. Scott Parker will know that he's his number one, and he'll stick with him. And I'll be very surprised if there's a change. Because, like I said, in the making, in the future, I think he's a massive asset to Fulham. And I do really like him as a keeper anyway. Yeah, no, I'm with you there, actually. I, I think it's, it's quite a big statement to drop your number one, especially after only seven games. But um, the, yeah. the, 
the fact that we're having so much discussion about it, obviously a goalkeeper's not a position many people know. Do, do you think that like overall the uh, kind of analysis and chat around it is actually improving? Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I think we've seen, especially the last couple of seasons, that goalkeepers are start, starting to be respected because people are reason like your Liverpools and your Manchester City, they're paying millions and millions and millions for the top ones. So we are realising that they actually... It is such a really important position. Now, I think Bettinelli is up to it in the Championship, without doubt. I think Fulham will definitely be up there at the end of the season. Uh, I've got I've got no doubts about that, and I feel that he will be a, a massive part of it moving forward. Uh, and if I'll be very very surprised if Fulham are not at least in the, in the playoffs, which is expected anyway. Uh, but I, I'd be very surprised, and I'd be surprised if he's not he's not there in the sticks as well. If we're looking at Fulham's obviously start to the season, what have you made of us so far? Do you, have, is it, are, you, are we playing and seeing about where you expect us to be after this time, or do you think there's definitely improvements to be made for Scott Parker? There's improvement to be made, obviously, and, and, and Scott will know that, but I think there's some terrific football being played. I thought, were, I thought were, like I said, but for Sam Johnson on uh, the, the weekend uh, in the West Brom goal, it could have been four or five. Maybe he could question the finishing a little bit more, but um, I've got no doubt with the squad that they've got and the talent that they've got there that uh, it could be a miracle if they're not up there at the end of the season. But I think, like you say, it's early on in the season. Um, only five points off the top of the league, mind. So, and so I think three points off a playoff place. So, you know, another two points that would have been at the weekend if it wasn't for a fantastic goalkeeping performance in the opposition that'd be a lot closer so there's no doubt that the quality's there the team's there and, and they will be there If we take back to obviously your time at the club um, what was what was what was the thing that sort of most attracted you to join uh, the club in the first place? Um, to work with Edwin van der Sar to work under him uh, and I spoke to uh, obviously I knew Chris Coleman really 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 well he wanted an experienced number two goalkeeper uh, we, which I'd got over four, four or five hundred games experience, and the attraction was to go and work with Edwin as well, um, knowing that Edwin would finally move on and I, I would get a chance. But unfortunately, injury played a big part in not playing more games than what what I wanted to do. But that was a big part of the squad. I mean, living I wanted to experience living in, in the area as well. So I, I lived in Epsom for a while, lived in Kingswood for a while. And, it was a brilliant life experience and I thoroughly enjoyed the three years, my three years there and I'd like to think that I played a part in, well I know I was in a little bit of an history books because I was in the goal when we beat Chelsea 1-0. So um, yeah, I love my time there. It's a great club, fantastic club and it does belong in the Premier League. As well as that Chelsea game, one of the games that stands out for me in your time is, um, and probably for a lot of other Fulham fans, is that Newcastle away game. Yeah, um, yeah. which I think at the time was maybe a record for the most number of saves. Can you just, and you've saved one with your face from, um, was it uh, Cl- <laughs> Cliver, I think? Um, Cliver, yeah. what, I mean, what a game. Do, do, what, what are your memories of that game in particular? It, it, was, it was one of those games where um, I had a prim, pretty similar game in, in, earlier on in the week in a cup game at Birmingham and, and we got battered and we won 1-0 and, and I made 20 saves in the game and Chris couldn't really leave me out and Edwin was struggling with a little bit of a back injury. Um, so, yeah, the game at Newcastle, I think 
it's probably the best game of football I've ever played. I believe there were 20, 29 shots on target and something like 19 saves. A uh, couple with my face. <laughs> and uh, Patrick Clivert did say to me, he says, why have you got such a big head? And I did say to him, well, you meant, you're such a good striker, you meant to find the corners and not my head. So, um, no, it was one of them games where you just feel unbeatable uh, and only a goal from Craig Bellamy at the end prevented it from being a clean sheet and a 4-0 win. And I think we only had four attacks in the game, actually, and scored four goals. So it was a remarkable game, but one that I always remember. Yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll certainly never forget it either. You, you, you mentioned Chris Coleman there. We've had Michael Brown on the show before talk about just how a brilliant man manager he was. Yeah. What was he like with, with you? Yeah, I mean, I knew Chris Rovers from, from playing with Wales as well, so that's why I had no hesitation in, in joining, even though it was as a number two to Edwin, uh, because, like you've just said, great guy, really charismatic and... You can't help but like him. He's the type of guy you just can't... He's that big, broad, Welsh smile. You just can't help but like him. And he had a fantastic coach with with him, uh, Steve Keane. Uh, and the club was in a good place. And I think my first season there, I think it was a, a ninth-place finish in the Premier League, which which was, uh, I believe, was, was the best Fulham had actually done. Um, so, yeah, good manager... Uh, some good players, good team at the time, great great atmosphere at the club. Um, and yeah, he's a, he's a really good man-manager. He knows how to look after people. Obviously, you mentioned it earlier, that, that memorable Chelsea game at Crane Cottage, the 1-0 victory. What mm. was it like to play in the game? And obviously, there was, obviously, Beaumont gave us the lead, but obviously there was that moment when Drogba had scored the handball and he was adamant for some reason <laughs> yeah. it didn't hit his arm when it was the most plum handball I think I've ever seen. What was it like to play in that game? Well, I remember being in no man's land for that when he no man's land when he actually handballed that. I think I think I was on the way for a loaf of bread somewhere or something. <laughs> but um, he did actually handball it. But I remember making a couple of saves in the game. One really late on from a John Terry header, and just what it meant to the fans to just get one over on on the on local rivals it, it, is what it was what it was all about. And to come away with a clean sheet and one 0 win was uh, certainly celebrated that night. Anyway. Mark, always uh, special when they can beat Chelsea and you were part of that. Just very quickly then, we know the aim is obviously promotion for Fulham this season. Mm. Are they going to do it? And if they don't, what what will it be that will hold them back? Well, if I was a betting man and I'd like, like to have a bet, I'd, certainly, <laughs> I'd be certainly uh, having a bet on Fulham to, to make it this year. I would, I would think automatically, if not certainly through the playoffs. I think they've got the best talent in the league. Uh, and it's just a matter of over the next 30 plus games or whatever it, that, that, that has to gel together and you know the big fella up front you, you, you don't want to lose him um, he, he's a real top player in the league uh, but they've just, uh, you know the likes of Kearney and oh, they've just got so many like good individual players and it's a matter of just gelling together and playing the football they're actually playing and I, I'm sure I am positive that I can see a promotion at the end of the season. Well, thank you very much to Mark Crosley. They're great to hear him on the radio show last night. And thank you to Charlie, Guy and Dom as well uh, for a great interview there as well. So that is all for Fulhamish Extra this week. Fulhamish will return on Monday, looking back at Saturday's Sheffield Wednesday game. 
hopefully we can go and do a job up in Hillsborough and get those vital three points and then we'll have only positive things to discuss on Monday's podcast if you're not heading up to the game hope you have a good weekend anyway and as I said before make sure you get your tickets for the Fulhamish 200 event it's going to be a good one not too many left now fulhamish.co.uk if you fancy watching us live at the Old Suffolk Punch straight after the Charlton game so have a good one and we will see you on Monday come on you whites